The following is a North Carolina Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org. In our region, the total population is 1,700,000 plus. That's, that's a, a good, good number. That's definitely increasing. Charlotte's going to be uh, greater Charlotte, which is what they mean by that is the 485 belt within kind of that space. Uh, and probably about nine more years will be about 2 million people. Um, it's one of the fastest growing areas definitely in the country. Um, and a lot of people that are my age and younger are moving there. Um, within three miles of our church, because I work in Uptown, uh, there's about 56% of people are under the age of 35, um, that, and that's about 100,000 people within three miles. Um, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just that, that many people that are, that are moving into, into Uptown and into Charlotte. Um, I mean, I, across the world, globalization is a, is a reality. Um, that's just becoming the trend as people from, from outside um, in the sticks are, are moving kind of in, into that city city center. And we're seeing that um, definitely in Charlotte. Um, so 100 or 1.7 million people are currently in our region. Um, does anybody want to take a guess um, at how many, just let's just how many churches there are in our, in, in our region? Anybody want to take a guess? Region six. Yeah, so Char- uh, Mecklenburg, Cabarrus, Anson, Stanley, Union, just the whole, the whole region. What, what would y'all guess? Thousand. Seven hundred. Three thousand. Three thousand. Man, you're going high, Michael. <laughs> Anybody else? This is under five hundred. It's about four hundred seventy-seven uh, churches that are in uh, Region Six, and that. Just talking member roles. I mean, these are the people that are on your membership role, right? Probably 90% of them you haven't seen in six years, but they're there, right? They're on your role. There's about 100,000 members is what we'll, what we'll call that. Um, in, those that are, in those 477 churches, 100, about 100,000 people on membership roles. But that's not who's going to church, though. Right, right, absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, the, this statistic's already already skewed, but just to use a number that we have um, is, is people that their names are on some sort of role in, in your local churches. So take that number. Anybody know how to do basic math? Take that number, divide that by 1.7 million. How many people percentage-wise are in Southern Baptist churches in Region 6? So what, yeah, 100,000. It's, re- it's really 107,000 divided by 1.7 million. Can right, somebody do that for me? What's the 1.7 million? That's total population in Region 6. Yeah. yeah, it's about 6% of people. Again, these are people on rolls. Um, so we're assuming all these people are, are evangelical. Um, they're going to church. They're Christians. We're assuming a lot here. Um, even still... Six percent of the people of 1.7 million. So that means 94 percent are what we would call non-evangelical, and that's a loose term, and that can mean a lot of things. But it it is pretty safe to say there are a lot of people that don't know Jesus, 
A lot of them are in our churches, um, but majority of them are not a part of a local church in Region 6. 94% or, or, or an evangelical church that preaches the gospel and has the mission of Jesus. So I'm just like, let that sit for a second. Because what would happen to those people if Jesus came back today? That gripped me three years ago. So that whole, just that has reshaped my whole identity. Uh, Really, I think that's how I came to know Jesus and surrender uh, to the mission of Jesus. Um, Because that's a little bit of my story. I don't, I would say it was right after college. I'm 27 now, so right after college. um, Surrender to Jesus and the call of ministry, whatever that meant. It was just right there that I was just impressed on my heart with this idea that, man, there are so many people that were going to the same place that I was going to because they are completely separated from the God who's created them. And in our region, that's safe to say 90 to 94% of, of people. So any, really, you can go outside and talk to people and is there 94% chance that they don't have a relationship with Jesus? Wow. And think of it in that way. Um, I would say that's pretty safe um, just in, in some of my conversations with people in Charlotte, uh, especially in Uptown. I just, hey, do you um, have any faith background, identify with, with church or whatever? And a lot of them, um, if, they're just, if they're white, they, they might say, yeah, they grew up in like a, a Baptist church or, or, or what have you. Um, really no affiliation or, or really no love for Jesus. Uh, but there are a lot of internationals that have never heard of the name of Jesus. That's very present. I had a roommate, not, I didn't have a roommate, but a friend of mine had a roommate. Uh, she's from Charleston. This is Bible Belt, right? She shared the gospel with her. She's like, I, I, I haven't even heard of the name of Jesus. Charleston, South Carolina, where we would think that everybody would hear of at least the name of him, but, but no identity of it, none. And so I was like, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> how do I grab, how do I go after the hundreds of thousands of people that are, that are currently perishing right now? Like, where do I even start, right? And my, I didn't start with prayer. Um, that wasn't my, my first step. Mine was just to grab models and, and tools and, and try and do things and, and whatever. And um, just to be quite honest with you, there were a couple of years there where I got so burnt out um, that I'm now on antidepressants because of that. Um, had very, just ran myself ragged, um, really just emotionally abused my wife um, and, and did not love her the way that she deserved to be loved. Um, so this is kind of the stories that you don't necessarily want to hear, but it's reality, right? I mean, we can, um, we can get such a big vision uh, and completely missed the point uh, at, at first. Like, man, how how am how am I pursuing Jesus in, in personal holiness? Because um, God didn't really use me as well as I think He could have, um, because I was very far um, from from just those personal disciplines of, of loving Him, loving my wife. Um, but there are some stories of, of positive things uh, we did see. Uh, one guy, his name's Darian. Um, we, I got to share the gospel with him. And these are all tools that I learned in these gospel conversation trainings and, and things that, um, that will teach you. Um, but 
got to share the gospel with a guy named Darian. Uh, he was selling Italian ice right right outside of our church. I mean, our church shadow could cast a or our church could cast a shadow on where he was at. Um, and so we were walking around. Um, I bought some Italian ice because I wanted it, but um, got to talk to Darian, and he was atheist um, or, or agnostic, and, and he didn't really identify. He, he, he knew of, of Jesus. Uh, his grandma had told him some things, but never really heard the story of the gospel. Again, this is a dude that is literally could, could see our steeple um, right there. No identity with Jesus. So we, we go and talk to him. Um, he's like, yeah, I, I, this is really cool. Like, I'd love to continue a discussion with you about that. And so um, I kept meeting with Darian uh, for a little bit, and then the dude went silent for like months, just never heard anything. But I was like, all right, well, I guess that's it. I said something wrong or, or ran him off or, or whatever, but get a call from him. I mean, this is three, four months later, get a call from him. He's like, hey, um, I, I ran into these dudes, and they were, they were preaching something, and it was, it was kind of scary. Um, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it. Uh, I don't know why he thought to call me, um, but he did. And so we kind of talked through it and I connected him with another guy and like Darren surrendered to Jesus right there. Um, and now he is a part of one of our, uh, one of our groups and, and active in our church. I got to baptize him. It was so cool um, to see that. Um, and that's, that's a positive story, right? I mean, th- those things can happen when we're faithful in the harvest. There are negative stories as well. Um, and that's, that's my encouragement to you is like, if you're not ready to engage people far from God, I don't think we can take a next step because it's going to happen. You're going to talk to some people that are so far. Uh, one dude's name was, was Darius, uh, homeless. Um, he was surviving um, by allowing uh, guys to, to do things with him so that he could have housing. Um, that was his, that was his, uh, form and method of, of safety and security was a lot, was a male prostitute, uh, essentially. Um, and I walked with Darius as, as, as long as I could, I'd share the gospel with him and, um, tried to try to be in his life. It was tough. Y'all, I mean, we, we had to put him up somewhere, um, and, and try and pay for that and, and everything. And, um, Darius, claims that he came to faith in, in Jesus and, and we baptize him I'm like, yes, this is the guy. He's gonna go reach all of Charlotte and 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 impact all the homelessness and everybody's come to faith and everybody's gonna find homes and everything's gonna be great. Um and he was he was doing some of that. Um but he couldn't quite get rid of, of his uh of his of his drug addiction. Um and it got so bad that he started doing some kind of abusive things towards me and, and, and um, was telling me things he's going to do with my wife and, and all these things. And so I had some counsel of like, hey, man, I think you, you, might, need to, you might need to step away from that. And I always wonder, man, did I, did I make the right choice there? Because um, I, I haven't seen him since. This is a guy that claimed to be a follower of Jesus and we baptized him and, and that was it. And those things happen too. I mean, this, this, is, this is a reality. Like sin is so layered and it's so confusing and it's so pervasive in people that um, really this gospel conversations is going to lead to some realities like that. You are going to be so immersed 
in people's lives and in brokenness and in, and in sin. Um, man, are you ready for that? Because um, it's going to lead to that. Um, and it's amazing. Sometimes it's amazing and sometimes it's real low. Um, and I just, I just want to encourage you, like, we need, we need laborers, but we need people that are going to stick, stick with it um, and that are hurt and are broken by numbers like this. Because um, these are people. These are, these are stats, but these are, these are people um, that were just like you uh, at one point before you came to faith in Jesus and, and just like me. Um, so those are kind of a couple of stories. Um, this, this training has, has really gripped uh, our local church. I serve as a, as a pastor at a First Charlotte, and we're right in Uptown. Um, you've probably heard of a lot of stories about us, um, so, but not, not so great. Um, but we are a church that's trying to uh, engage in a, with a fresh vision uh, three miles around our, around our church. And like I said, it's about 100,000 people. Uh, 90,000 of them probably far from God. Uh, 56% of them look like me or younger. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of, kind of our vision. And, and we've, we've grabbed a hold of, um, of this, of this training. We've, we've trained a lot of our people. Um, some people are being faithful with it. Um, I've gotten to walk with some, with some brothers and, and, and go through discipleship uh, with them. And uh, it's cool to see them starting to do this and starting to share the gospel. It's simple stuff. Um, starting to share the gospel with people, leading people to faith themselves. That's, that's a huge blessing of me is, is not um, necessarily me doing the work, but watching other people do the work and grab hold of it and being way more fruitful than me, by the way. So seeing like people's, as somebody said, it's, are you okay with seeing fruit on, on other people's trees and it being more fruitful than your own tree? Because <laughs> this, this is kind of, um, I mean, that's what Jesus said, right? When I leave and I'll send the Holy Spirit, you're going to do what? Greater work. Greater work. Right. So it's kind of that mentality. Like This is, a, this is, not, a, um, this is not the type of ministry that's going to maybe even make your church a megachurch. Um, it's it's going to be one where like it's going to be slow and it's going to be it's going to be painful, uh, but it's going to be good and that's how the kingdom grows, right? Um, because what was it? Twelve guys at the end of Jesus, well, eleven guys at the end of Jesus' ministry, and then in Acts, it said how many people were were a part of the faith, a part of the brotherhood? Does anybody remember that? Acts one. Say it. Yeah, hundred twenty people, and then by Acts seventeen, we get this saying. Who are these men who have turned the world upside down? And women. Who are these men and women who have turned the world upside down? Because why? They believed that Jesus was real and He came back from the dead and that meant everything. That changed everything. That it was Messiah Jesus, God incarnate, that has come and walked among us and now we can have a relationship with God because of what He has done. And they banked their life on it. So much so that all of them died in, in some way, either through martyring or, or, or John sent to, to an island by himself. Like all of these guys gave up their lives for that purpose. And what was it? The blood of the martyrs was the, was the seed of the church. And the church exploded, right? I mean, we, get, we see just unbelievable things happen. And what's cool is that some of this work, some of these acts type things are happening in other parts of the world. 
Um, we see one of the modern Acts movements is, is in Haiti, believe it or not. Um, Haiti has seen just hundreds of thousands of people um, coming to faith and, and, and reaching others and, and making disciples and, and planting churches. I'm like, man, we might actually see Haiti be reached in our generation. Same with China. China is, uh, what was it? Do you know the stats better with, with China and where we're at? Or, where, or what the kind of modern church planting movement is in, in China? All that I know is that it's, it's, um, uh, like, it's from hundreds of thousands to, to like two million or something. Right? Yeah. That, that it's gone in the last, I don't even know, like, I guess 10, 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. Nepal uh, is another. Nepal and India or other uh, case studies. I'm like, I see that stuff. I'm like, man, God, why can't you do that here? <laughs> like I'm, I'm jealous for that. I am. Like, I'm. It's like, a, is it a holy envy? Like, is that is that a thing? Like, I, I just, I want to see that here, because it's happening in some of the hardest places in the world. Yeah, and I'm like, man, yeah, absolutely. Like, ch- yeah, China's sending more people here than we are there. Because they're like, man, this is a godless nation, and they need, they need Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'm just so, I'm so heartbroken over numbers like this. I'm like, man, I want to see this happen here. And then I'm like, okay, what's it going to take? What's it going to take to do that? And it's like, well, it's going to be me abandoning all that I know to be... Um, or what I thought to know to be Christianity and pursuing the way of Jesus, looking at what he said and what he did and following his footsteps and following uh, his methods and, and, and just the way he did. I'm like, man, he invested in like three guys. It's not just this massive thing. No, he, 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 well, he invested in 12, but really invested in, in, in three guys, the, the intimate things that he showed them. And then he said, all right, you got all the keys to the kingdom. Literally, I'm building my church on you. Um, and I'm going to go. I'm going to send you myself, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, um, and you ragtag team of, of, of gospel bandits, you're going to go preach the gospel to all the nations, baptize them, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And behold, I will be with you to the end of the age. So when we're doing that, when we are stepping into our identity of making disciples, that's what we were called. That's what we were called to be at the beginning. What did what did God say to Adam and Eve in Genesis 1, 26 through 27? He said, Be fruitful and what? And what? Fill the earth. So it's not just a, oh, I need to, I need to make disciples because Jesus told me. No, that's actually. Spiritual reproduction is, is it's, it's who we are. Because the purpose is to fill the earth with the glory of God. And when we make disciples, we're doing that. That's how Jesus said this is going to happen is through just investing in a few people. <laughs> and it's painful and it's slow. Uh, but I'm seeing it, guys. I'm seeing like these simple things that... that I've been trained in, and I'm just passing along to people. Um, it's so slow, but man, we're starting to see actual spiritual fruit in people, and people are, are coming to faith. People are coming to know uh, who Jesus is. Um, and I, I, I love this. 
this number. Um, I'm gonna make sure that I, I do this right. Have y'all seen, um, maybe you've seen this before, but like the side-by-side -side of uh, disciple-making versus evangelism? Some of you? Okay, I need to find, there we go. What's my time? I don't even know. What do I gotta be out of here? Does anybody know? Okay, perfect. So, 15 minutes? All right, all I need is, is 10. Maybe. So, um, I'm going to kind of just draw, draw some numbers here. Um, we'll go down to, if I can do it, go down to 16. Maybe 13. Okay. So, two columns here. Um, column one is what we'll label evangelist. And this is what, so this would... These numbers will be uh, people that if we led someone to faith every single day for a year, okay? So after year one, there would be how many people? This is a leap year, so. Yeah, very good. I'm going to do 65 because that's what's on here. What about year two? <laughs> yeah, 730. What about year three? Oh, you're close. That's year four. 1095. Okay. 1460. Year, year six. No, year five. Sorry. Year five is 1825. Year six is 2190. Y'all kind of get in the picture here? Yeah. So it's only going up by increments of what? Yeah. And listen, like, this is something that most of us would die for. Yeah. <laughs> like we, would, we would love to see baptized 365 people every year in our church, right? Like we would we'd give an arm for that. But I'm wondering, like, have we, have we gotten so wrapped up in all of our practices and, and all of our, our methods on, on addition? Like, is, is all, of, all of what we're doing, all of really what we talk about in staff meetings uh, for the Sunday, like, how do we make the Sunday the deal? Like, how do we, uh, I mean, we're, this is what, listen, I'm just going to be vulnerable. This is what our staff's talking about, is this stuff, right? Like, man, how, what's the promo plan for the new service that's coming out? Like, how are, how are you going to, I hope, I think this is going to be live, but I'm going to get in trouble maybe for this. But like, how are you going, Caleb, how are you going to make this thing better with the promotion plan through social media and, and all this stuff? But really what, the, what that means is, is, is this, how are we going to make a lot of people just kind of come to this place? But 94% of them are not currently engaged in local church. So what's the strategy for them, right? I think really we're just talking about the 6% there. How do we get folks into, into our, into our and guys, that's not a bad thing. I, I don't want you to hear that. I don't want you to leave today and be like, wow, this dude's like hates the local church. No, I, I work for one. I've given my life for one. Um, I've tried to leave this place and God has prevented me from going because the local church is God's plan A to make this thing happen, Right? But he didn't say 
go and build social media strategies. <laughs> he said, go make disciples. And so that, 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 this gets up to about, I don't know, 4,745. 4, so let's just, let's go here. Discipleship. What would happen if you started with one person for the whole year, you said, hey, I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to teach you how to obey Jesus the way that I've learned how to obey Jesus. I'm going to keep you accountable to sin. I'm going to keep you accountable to loving your wife or your husband. I'm going to keep you accountable to Scripture memorization, to reading Scripture, to sharing the Gospel, to to all of these things. And we're going to walk through this and it's going to be painful, but it's going to be good. You did that just with one person. All right? After one year, how many people is that? Two, because you're the other person. So. <laughs> so two, okay? And then you said during all of that, you gave him a vision. You gave him a vision of, hey, you know how to do this because I've walked with you in this. You know how to disciple others. What would it look like if you grabbed somebody else and I grabbed somebody else at year two? So after year two, that person's discipling somebody. I'm discipling somebody else. How many people we got? Okay. What about year three? Eight. Okay. What about year four? Okay. Five. Thirty-two. All right. We're six years into this, and we're only at sixty-four people. Man, this this is not a good strategy, right? Most people would think that way. Like we've only really like there's only like sixty-four new people in our church after six years, <laughs> right? But it's 64 people that have a vision for discipleship. So what, what about year, year 7? 128. Okay. It's kind of around here. It's when I forget how to... How to multi- 256. Okay. Year 9. 512. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to go down... Um, let's see. Where does it finally meet? So it finally meets, like it, or it, it, it crosses with, with the evangelist column. It takes like 12 years to do that. So it's like 4,096. By year 12, um, this number is 4,380. So it took, it took almost 12 years of kind of this method to finally reach evangelism, Right? That's hard to, to cast a vision of it. Hey, in 12 years, we're, we're finally going to be healthy. No, we want to be healthy next year. Right? Yeah. We want to be reaching people next year. Like, what's our strategies? What's our, our promo plan? What, what is all that stuff like? Well, it's discipleship. Well, that doesn't sound like it's going to work. <laughs> it's going to take 12 years to, to finally get that. But what about year 13? Anybody know that number? 4,096 times 2? 8,000. Okay, and here, let me, let, me give you, let me give you a vision. If we committed to this, to just making disciples and teaching others how to do that, I think it was like 33 years, over 8 billion people. That's in our generation. And that's starting with two. Yeah, that's just starting with two. Yeah, what if, what if we kind of follow Jesus' model and we're like, hey, I'm going to take two or three other people and just, just walk with them. 
Uh, there's there's actually a breakout on that, like disciple making triads. I would encourage you to to go to that um, to get some practices. This is more just inspirational. Like guys, <laughs> I kind of I kind of took it contextually. Like Charlotte, one million people. I was like, man, in in twenty years, in twenty years, we could see a city reached by just doing this. That's what I want to give my life to. It's slow. It's so slow at first. Because, I mean, that's how exponential growth is, right? It's so slow until it's not. And then it's out of control. And then you get people like, man, why is the, who are these people that turn the city of Charlotte upside down? So, gospel conversation trainings. Um, that's kind of the... the, the the start of that, it really is just um, a, a recommitment to just the things that, that Jesus did, the things that Jesus taught. Um, what we do in those things, we, we, teach, we teach evangelism uh, tools, uh, but, but the point of that is it's, it's, not, it's not really evangelism training, it really is discipleship training, um, because we want to help resource you guys um, into, into beginning that process with people. And, just, and really, it's a commitment to who... Who can I replicate my life into and ask them to do the same over and over? So I'm going to leave you with that challenge. Um, so I want you to draw this little diagram here. This is one of the tools that we'd show you at a Gospel Conversations training, but um, I just want to give you kind of a, a next step and, and really really to see if, if, this is, if this is where you want to go as well. So... Draw this diagram, um, and in, in the middle here, put, put your name. So I'll put my name. And I want you to think of your life in terms of um, like categories. Okay, so what I mean by that is I am a neighbor. So I have a neighborhood. I didn't spell that right. Okay, I go to work, um, and I know I work for a church. There's a lot of Christians at church. I hope there are um, at, at my church, but um, there are a lot of places around my church. Um, just because we're in we're in uptown, um, I have family. So I'm a son. I'm a husband. I'm a, a brother. Um, I have close friends. Um, I go to the gym, meet people there, uh, various things for fun that you may do. So it doesn't have to be gym. Um, just could be places of fun, leisure, uh, grocery store. I go to the same grocery store, Harris Teeter. Um, you name it. So there, there's various categories of your life that these are places that you're, you're around kind of the same people a lot. And maybe you don't know the dude at, at Harris Teeter, um, but you see him all the time, right? Uh, so it's that guy at Harris Teeter or whatever. So what I want you to do is to think of your life and think of people with names um, or, or the dude at Harris Teeter and think of these people and, and put some of those names in those circles. These are people that are, that are near to you, right, but, but are far from God. So for me, I have a, I have a neighbor. Her name's... Um, 
this is going to be live, so I'm just going to say, I'm going to say S. <laughs> um, she's near to me, but 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 far from God. Um, the guy at Harris Teeter, <clears throat> I see him all the time. Um, let's see, I got some family members um, that are that are near to me, but but far from God. Um, I got a lot of neighbors, but I just I just put one, and then um, actually yeah, I'll put another. I'll put another neighbor. So neighbor, neighbor, uh, grocery store, uh, got some family. Uh, so these are these are kind of just my my sphere of influence. Um, these are people that are that are close to me, but but don't know Jesus. This is where you start, right? Because that's actually how the early church grew. Is it just they just went to go tell the people that they already knew, like, hey, come. <laughs> well, the woman in, in uh, John four, she went to her village and she said, hey, come with me. You know me. You know all my junk. You know my story. Hey, come with me, and let me show you this man who's told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? And they listened to her because of how messed up her life was. Right? She just told her story immediately uh, and brought them to Jesus. And then they said, What? We not only believe because of what you told us, but we've seen for ourselves. Her whole village listened to her, her whole sphere of influence. So start there. Who are those people that are near to you and far from God? Because I promise you, when you do that, you get to start seeing, man. These people have a sphere of influence as well. And that's how this thing grows. It's just discipleship, guys. That's all it is. So next steps. Um, there are a couple trainings uh, in the Charlotte area. You can go to, there is a website. I can't remember it, but uh, Michael Davis, which is right there. Um, yours is April 18th. April 18th. We've got one April 18th. And we've got another one coming up. May the 16th. If you go to DiscipleNC, there it is, DiscipleNC.org, then go down, you'll see a thing called Gospel Conversations. You'll be able to see um, those trainings. We'd love to see you there um, because this, I mean, really this is kind of a a next step. Michael, just a, a quick story. Michael Davis, raise your hand. Uh, Michael walked with me last year and helped me train uh, in some some of these things, and now he, his church is hosting it. Um, so that's kind of a, what we would love to see happen: is is you guys grabbing a hold of this vision and helping us do this, right? Helping not only help your local church be who God has called her to be, but but to be partnering and banding together uh, to do that. So that's kind of the vision with with Gospel Conversations. Um, you can sign up for. For those trainings, there's a couple in the Charlotte area. There'll be more at the end of this year, but that's what we've got uh, right now. Um, let me pray for us. Father, thank you for this time together. Um, may we first fall more in love with you um, and, and, and grab a hold of the glory, if we can even do that, um, of you. Purify us and, and, and help us walk in, in personal holiness. Help us love our families well. Uh, and man, help us love these people that um, that are that are your creations, that are out of step and, and are separated from you. Help us start first with them. Uh, help us grab a vision beyond just um, trying to sustain, um, 
but actually grabbing a hold of a, of a movement of, of disciple-making. That's why we're here. We want to learn these and, 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 and practice these things. So help us be faithful to that. In Jesus' name, amen.